we go to Decatur, Illinois, thence northward through the wide prairies, botanizing a few weeks by the way. I hope to go south towards the end of the summer, and as this will be a journey that I know very little about, I hope to profit by your counsel before setting out. In a written account after the excursion, he says, I was eager to see Illinois prairies on my way home, so we went to Decatur, near the center of the state, thence north to Portage, by Rockford and Janesville. I botanized one week on the prairie, about seven miles southwest of Picatonica. To me, all plants are more precious than before. My poor eye is not better, nor worse. A cloud is over it, but in gazing over the widest landscapes, I am not always sensible of its presence. By the end of August, Mr. Moore was back again in Indianapolis. He had found it convenient to spend a botanical week among his university friends in Madison. So keen was his interest in plants at this time that an interval of five hours spent in Chicago was promptly turned to account in a search for them. I did not find many plants in her tumultuous streets, he complains, only a few grassy plants of wheat and two or three species of weeds, amaranth, purslane, carpetweed, etc. The weeds, I suppose, for a man to walk upon, the wheat to feed him. I saw some green algae, but no mosses. Some of the latter I expected to see on wet walls and in seams on the pavements. But I suppose that the manufacturer's smoke and the terrible noise are too great for the hardiest of them. I wish I knew where I was going. Doomed to be carried of the spirit into the wilderness, I suppose. I wish I could be more moderate in my desires. But I cannot, and so there is no rest. The letter noted above was written only two days before he started on his long walk to Florida. If the concluding sentences still reflect indecision, they also convey a hint of the overmastering impulse under which he was acting. The opening sentences of his journal, afterwards crossed out, witness to this sense of inward compulsion which he felt. Few bodies, he wrote, are inhabited by so satisfied a soul that they are allowed exemption from extraordinary exertion through a whole life. After reciting illustrations of nature's periodicity, of the ebbs and flows of tides, and the pulsation of other forces, visible and invisible, he observes that, so also there are tides not only in the affairs of men, but in the primal thing of life itself. In some persons the impulse, being slight, is easily obeyed or overcome, but in others it is constant and cumulative in action. Until its power is sufficient to overmaster all impediments and to accomplish the full measure of its demands. For many a year I have been impelled toward the Lord's tropic gardens of the South. Many influences have tended to blunt or bury this constant longing, but it has outlived and overpowered them all. Muir's love of nature was so largely a part of his religion that he naturally chose biblical phraseology when he sought a vehicle for his feelings. No prophet of old could have taken his call more seriously or have entered upon his mission more fervently. During the long days of his confinement in a dark room, he had opportunity for much reflection. He concluded that life was too brief and uncertain, and time too precious, to waste upon belts and saws that while he was pottering in a wagon factory, God was making a world, and he determined that, if his eyesight was spared, 
he would devote the remainder of his life to a study of the process. Thus the previous bent of his habits and studies, and the sobering thoughts induced by one of the bitterest experiences of his life, combined to send him on the long journey recorded in these pages. Some autobiographical notes found among his papers furnish interesting additional details about the period between his release from the dark room and his departure for the South. As soon as I got out into heaven's light, he says, I started on another long excursion, making haste with all my heart to store my mind with the Lord's beauty and thus be ready for any fate, light or dark. And it was from this time that my long, continuous wanderings may be said to have fairly commenced. I bade adieu to mechanical inventions, determined to devote the rest of my life to the study of the inventions of God. I first went home to Wisconsin, botanizing by the way to take.